0: 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time Prayer Psalm 146 The Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Who keeps faith forever? Who executes justice for the oppressed? Who gives food to the hungry? The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphans and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God. O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord.
1: Reading the Word First reading, Isaiah chapter 35 Be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lamb shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The hound of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes.
2: Second Reading James Chapter 2 My brothers and sisters, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, Have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, Stand here or sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions? among yourselves, and become churches with evil thoughts. Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him?
0: Gospel Mark chapter 7 Then Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went by of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private away from the crowd and put his fingers into his ears and spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, If that is, be opened, and immediately his ears were opened. His tongue was released. And he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak.
1: Hearing the Word, God's Favor The liturgy of this Sunday focuses on the theme of God's graciousness reflected through his various acts of favor poured out on those who believe. The words of Isaiah come from a larger text which describes God's renewal of a devastated nation. It begins with a series of commands to the frightened and distressed Israelites, weakened by Assyrian aggression and facing utter annihilation. These commands aim to strengthen confidence and rid the people of fear through the reassurance that God's judgment is upon their enemies, and the time of salvation approaches. This salvation is described in very concrete terms. Symbolically, the nation is blind, deaf, lame, and mute. These images paint a sorry picture of a powerless, and incapacitated people at the mercy of their enemies. But God's intervention will radically alter the situation. The nation will be restored, like the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will run, and the mute will sing. God will also transform the waterless and desolate wilderness into a land overflowing with running water and lush vegetation. This transformation of nature prepares the way for the restored people to return to Zion in a joyful procession. These images reassure the people amid their desolation that God will not abandon them in this desperate situation. He will restore them and their lands. The physical restoration of the afflicted symbolizes the coming salvation. The prophet motivates the people to look forward to this restoration because God's favor rests on those who cling to him, and to hope even in their darkest moments. The reading from the letter of James addresses the question of favor and favoritism. The author's community was afflicted with the vice of favoritism, based on the social and economic status of its members. In the ancient world, only a very few people were wealthy, enough to wear fine clothes and golden jewelry. When such individuals appeared, they attracted attention and were given preferential treatment, such as the privilege of priority seating in the community assembles. James points out that such treatment goes against Christian principles favoring the wealthy community members and discriminating against the poor members amounts to judging the poor. The poor are judged as inferior in their human wealth and dignity. Such judgment and ensuing discrimination goes against the fundamental Christian principle which upholds the equal status and dignity of all believers. All Christians enjoy equal status based solely on being chosen by God and on their common faith. All other differences are artificial and irrelevant. Favoritism practiced in James' community went against this very principle. His community allowed themselves to be infected with discriminatory views on human dignity and held by the society they lived in. To counter these unacceptable notions and practices, James points to faith as the criteria for evaluating the true value of a person. He points out that the materially poor often practice their faith in a more sincere and truthful manner. Such active faith accords a person a great dignity, that of being an heir to God's kingdom. God's favor rests on those who respond to him with faith, while human favoritism divides and destroys communities. The cue of a deaf and mute man took place in the Gentile lands. The cued man was not a Jew. Mark wants to emphasize that Jesus' mission was universal and extended beyond the ethnic boundaries of the Jewish nation. This healing is among the most detailed and dramatic miracles reported by the evangelist. Jesus performs no less than six actions, taking the man aside, putting fingers into his ears, spitting, touching the tongue and sighing deeply and finally commanding the ears and tongue of the man to be opened. There are four important elements to be noted in this detailed description.
2: First, Jesus touches the organs afflicted with the disease, the man's ears and tongue. He also uses his own saliva. In antiquity, saliva was considered a healing agent. Ancient doctors and healers commonly used their own saliva in treatment of various diseases. In this manner, Jesus acts as an ancient physician. Hold. All these actions hold to have been recognized by the people of the decapolis as an action of the one of their own healers. But Mark also emphasizes that Jesus establishes a physical contact with the man as if he wanted to share his own ability to hear and speak with the one who was deprived of them. Then Mark writes that Jesus sighed towards heaven. Such a sigh was a gesture of prayer. An expression of Jesus' call for the divine power. He would heal the man with the power that comes from God. Unlike the ancient healers who healed relying on their own skills and abilities, Jesus relies on God's power to restore the man. But the man was not healed by Jesus' touch. He was healed by Jesus' word, Be open. Thus the cure happened in response to Jesus' word, not his touch. Jesus healed by a word of command, which carried God's healing power. Finally, Jesus performs this miracle in private, and he orders that no one should know about it. This command to secrecy, known as the Messianic secret, is very common in Mark's gospel. It appears that Jesus... Does not want anybody to know about his miraculous deeds of exorcism and healing. This unique healing reveals that Jesus involves himself as a human being in the restoration of a sufferer. Touching the man, Jesus establishes a physical bond and begins the process of healing. But the restoration of the man's ability to hear and speak was a response to Jesus' word. This word transmitted the divine power. Jesus reached up to heaven to bring God's favor upon the man through the power of his word. The true restoration of this gentleman consisted in him gaining the ability to hear the word of God and subsequently proclaim it. Through his contact with Jesus, this once isolated individual became a channel of God's communication to the world. Mark emphasizes that the healing took place between Jesus and the man alone. He probably implies that only a personal contact with Jesus will open a person to experience God's restorative power. Such contacts cannot be established by merely hearing about or even looking at what Jesus does for another person. God's favor is procured by a personal contact with Jesus. The liturgy of this Sunday teaches that God continuously bestows favors on the people. Isaiah understood God's favor as the restoration of the nation to its glory in unity with God. James spoke against human favoritism and pointed out that only faith brings God's favor upon a believer. Jesus shared his humanity with an afflicted man and brought God's favor upon him. Receiving this divine favor through Jesus and responding to his word of healing, the man was made capable of proclaiming that word to the world. Those who experienced God's numerous favors can truthfully declare with the psalmist, The Lord made heaven and earth. He keeps faith forever.
0: Listening to the Word of God The liturgy of this Sunday revolves around the theme of God's favor which helps us to realize how blessed we are in life and in Christ. Life consists of simple events with many shades and colors. We can either turn those shades of colors into a beautiful rainbow or allow the rays to blind us. Our world today seems to be filled with all types of suffering, death, calamities, physical and spiritual illnesses, the unending pain of those sick of cancer and other diseases. These experiences can be frightening and discouraging and the Lord might seem to be far away. But the first reading reminds us of the victory we have in God as it anticipates the coming of Christ. His mission on earth was the beginning of a new world where suffering can be transformed into joy and death into life. Living in God's favor calls for responding to Jesus' presence in our midst. The second reading invites us to a life free of discrimination and where a preference is shown for those who would not otherwise be considered important. They might be discriminated against because they are less intelligent or they have little money They dress shabbily. They cannot afford a luxurious life or are not sufficiently cultured. St. James reminds us that as we found favor in the Lord, and so we must also favor others, regardless of their status. This implies having a preference for the poor, showing no partiality, Fulfilling the commandment of loving our neighbors as ourselves. It means not judging others, but showing mercy because we also have received mercy from God. The mission of Christ was to bring the kingdom of God among us. Christ's kingdom is a kingdom of healing and salvation. In the gospel, we read about the healing of a deaf man. Even today, Jesus extends his healing to us. No matter what illness we suffer from, he reaches out to us in our impediments, especially when we have difficulty listening to the word of God and acting upon it. Many of us find reading the scriptures boring, and the sacred texts inapplicable or irrelevant. But is this really the case? In the letter to the Hebrews, we read, The word of God is alive and active. When Jesus healed the deaf man, the man regained his power of speech, and his ears were opened. There is power in the word of God. And through opening of our hearts to listen, we can be healed and renewed in Christ. Jesus' healing touch is still available today. We can experience it if only we let God work in our lives. If only we let Jesus touch us and heal us. However much God favors us. Our response is needed. We need to respond through attitudes, such as putting our trust in God and accepting God's salvation. Attitudes that can free us from any form of disease, physical or spiritual impediments, any form of slavery, or other inhuman situations. We have been favored by God, and this should help us put trust in Him. We have been favored not because of our own merit but out of the love of God. This love also should spare us to act as the agents and channels of God's favor
1: to others. The maker of the cloud knows the inside.
2: Action. Self-examination. How do I experience God's favor in my life? Do I feel the touch and healing of Christ even in the midst of the difficult things that are happening to me? Response to God. I will cultivate an attitude of trust in God. By looking at what makes me anxious, disturbed, and fearful, and offer them all to God for Him to take care of them. Response to your world. My prayer and actions this week will be geared towards complaining less about my problems and helping others through words of encouragement to make their situations a stepping stone to an increase of trust in God. In our group, we will organize a reflection session when we will share our individual experiences of God's favor.
0: Jesus, divine healer, I praise you for loving me as I am. I do not deserve To be favored, but out of your love for me, you are willing to touch the innermost parts of my life, to bring healing to my life, especially in areas that have made me deaf to your word. Open my ears, that I may listen to your word. Open my heart, that I may live according to your word and heal me of all that impedes me from bringing hope and healing to others we ask this through christ our lord amen